What is up, everyone? Raj Gallardi here, as always, bringing the mayhem back to your ears with another episode of The Call to Violence. You know, today's going to be a shorter episode with uh, recaps of Bellator and PFL um, from this last weekend, and then we will preview the UFC and Bellator cards for this upcoming weekend. Um, so as usual, let's get right into the thick of things. Uh, let's start with PFL, and then we'll move on to Bellator, but let's start right with this main event. Ray Cooper the defer- uh, the Ray Cooper the third. Ray Cooper the third uh, defeats Roy McDonald 30-27 across the board. Um, just completely dominated Roy McDonald. I mean, he he took something out of Roy McDonald in that fight. Um, and it was right from the get-go, and that's exactly what he needed to do. Um, I mean, he stayed he kept the pressure going, he kept he kept in his face, and then he realized um well, not he realized, but he he soon felt that his pressure was too much, and you could tell Rory just just folding. Um, I want to say it was in the second or third round. He starts pulling guard, and at that point, when you're pulling guard and you know you can't submit the guy from your back, and you're not doing anything to get up, and you're just giving up position. I mean, I know he went for a for a Kimura at some point, I think, in the last round, but still, you're not doing much. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, it, it's almost disheartening. Um, let, let's finish up with Ray Cooper, though, first. I mean, great performance, did what he had to do. His pressure, his power, his top control, and his ground and pound, just absolutely phenomenal. And he went out there to make a statement against a, you know, against a two-time UFC challenger. Wait, I think one-time UFC challenger. I can't remember if he's gotten two shots or not. I think Rory's only had that one shot against Lawler, and that was it. Anyways, uh, but, you know, former uh, Bellator champ, um, you know, has, has a wealth of experience and beating a guy like Rory is really what elevates you in the spotlight in the media, but then also elevates your game. You get more confidence, uh, in yourself after you take out a guy like that. And, you know, that was almost better than having a quick knockout. He beat him pillar to post. Um, I mean, all 15 minutes of that fight were all Ray Cooper. Um, and then I'm, um, you know, on the flip side, on the flip side, it's like, I don't know where Rory goes from here. Um, cause he, he's, he's really been kind of found out. Yeah. Will he be able to beat lower competition? Uh, yeah. Um, but these guys who, who can really push the pace on him, um, and he just seems so, uh, um, wary of damage now. I mean, anytime a guy has decent power and can really put the pressure on him, it, it just seems like he doesn't want to be in there anymore. And, you know, Rory's never been the guy who, like, if he's the bully, as long as he's the bully, you know, he's doing great. But that's kind of what he's turn, turned into, where if he can't push the pace and if he can't, you know, kind of dictate the action, then he, he kind of folds under the pressure. Um, I mean, ever since that, that, I mean, everybody always says this, but ever since, you know, the, the Lawler fight and then even with these last two Douglas Lima fights um, that he's had, it's just, um, I, I don't really know where he goes from here. Um it's going to be a tough one. I mean, I, he'll probably sit with the PFL, probably try to do this again next year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a... Uh, he's got a lot of reflecting to do to see what, what what his goals are in this sport and what he wants to do and how he's going to change his game um, to make it better, To you know, so he can still be at the top here. But right now, he's figured out. People know exactly how to beat him. And even in, in Gleason's, even though I thought Gleason lost, Gleason in his last fight, um, in Rory's last fight, still kind of implemented the same strategy, just forward pressure, forward pressure, forward pressure. You know, uh, Rory handled it a little bit better, but it was still the same game plan. So Rory's going to have to go back to the drawing board and really figure out how to, how to um, you know, um, 
figure out his game from now on. Uh, but again, on the flip side, Ray Cooper the third, you know, he's gonna have a crazy rematch in there with uh, Magomed Magomed Kirimov. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that fight in a second, but um, that fight's gonna be bananas. Um, great again, great win for Ray Cooper, but let's just get right back on the next one. So Magomed Magomed Kirimov defeats Sabusi. Sabusi, Sabusi, Sabusi. I could say that name all day. I fucking love that name. He didn't get the win and he got dominated, but goddamn, I love that name. Sabusi, Sabu, Sabu, Sabusi. All right, that's probably annoying for you guys. Anyways, but he takes the clear decision, 30-27. Got much needed takedowns. He got hit with a couple good counters coming in a few times, but it was all Megomed, Magomed Kirimov. Um, and that sets up a finals match between him and Ray Cooper. And it's kind of funny because both of them kind of had the same game plan going into these fights, um, on Friday. Um, so it's really gonna, this, this rematch is going to be all about how has Ray Cooper, um, adapted and changed and matured since their last fight in 2018. And right now, if he can come out like he did against Rory and keep that same pace, uh, I think it might be a long night for Magomed Magomed Um If if Cooper can stay away from the takedowns and he can dictate the pace, I think this is going to be a bad one. And then if if Cooper can do this, PFL has a real star here. Um, there's no doubt about it. If if Cooper can come back and meet Magomed, especially in devastating fashion, the only issue is is that this one is going to be five rounds. And Cooper seems to do really well in these three-round fights, but as soon as it goes to five rounds, we'll see... We'll see how his uh, how how his pressure can stay and if he can still maintain his same power going into those fourth and fifth rounds. Um, not too much else on this, um, you know, in the lightweight semifinal. Um, you know, Manafort takes the uh, the unanimous decision over Clay Collard. Um, I thought Collard won. I thought it was a lot closer. Than, I mean, I thought Collard won, but you know, it really comes down to that second round, and it it really comes down to you know if you. You know, uh, I know there's like a unified system here about how they're supposed to judge, judge, uh, judge the rounds and judge the fights. But um, you know, Manafo was kind of doing the work early in that second round, but then ultimately gets dropped with the with the body shot late, and then Collard goes for that submission that wasn't close, but you know, definitely had the bigger moment in that second round. And so I think everyone was kind of favoring that over the the early work from Manafo, but one judge didn't see it like that and favored the early work instead of the the late drop. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Clay Collard here because he keeps kind of, again, this is an athletic commission thing and not on the PFL, but, you know, he keeps kind of getting fucked here in the PFL. Um, I think this is the first time besides the Pettis fight where he's been on the main card, even coming off that big Pettis fight, they threw him on the, the prelims. Um, give me one second, guys. Sorry. Once again, as always, sipping on a crisp, refreshing aha. Uh-huh. Again, Coke, if you are listening, I would love to sponsor you guys. Uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, Manafo takes the decision. Collard is now out of the out of the tournament, and Manafo will fight the will fight Loic Radosbioff, um, who defeated Alex Martinez by unanimous decision. Not too much to get there to there you there. Um, on the prelims, though, it was a decent card. You had uh, Gleason Tebow defeat late replacement Micah Trill. Terrell, I'm sorry, um, by arm triangle. Great fight. Gleason Tebow has really reinvented himself here, and he's 
he's kind of like these, uh, I don't know what it is about jujitsu guys, but they go through these ebb and flows in their careers where they start, you know, they don't, they, they don't really have the wrestling to get it to the ground. They develop the wrestling. So they get really heavy into their ground game. And then somewhere along the lines fall in love with their striking because they develop a little bit of power and a little bit of fluidity. And then so they just become primarily, and it's a lot easier to strike. I'm sorry, guys, but it takes way less energy to, to strike with a guy for 15 minutes than it is to try and grind somebody out and get somebody down to the mat. But now he kind of realizes where his game's at. I'm sure he's a little bit older, um, and he, he knows, like, you know, with this wealth of grappling experience and knowledge, like, you know, he can probably, if he gets anybody to the ground, it's over, especially for how big and strong he is. Um, Olivier Mercier defeats Daryl Horcher just by domination, in my opinion. Brett Cooper got a nice knockout over Tyler Hill. Um, and that kind of does it for the PFL card. Not too much to get there there. But then that takes us to the Bellator card. Um, we had Gegard Musasi defeating John Salter by TKO uh, early in the third round. And this fight really got me excited, guys. This guy reinvigorated all of the passion I have for Gagard Musasi. Now, for me, Gagard has been one of my favorites since I was a kid. I've been watching this guy since uh, Dream in Japan, uh, his Strike Force days. Uh, I've, I've been watching him for a long, long, long time. And you know, back in the day, he was kind of like a like a he was a lighter Iranian uh, Fedor because he would come in there with no emotion, and then as soon as the fight started, still would be you know have his hands down, no emotion on his face, and then just absolutely murder guys. Like I remember when he won the Strike Force uh, light heavyweight title from Hanato um, Sobral, and the ground and pound he landed on Sobral, and the way he viciously knocked him out, and then as soon as the fight ended, just went back to being emotionless just amazing just just great stuff and and i haven't seen that gagard in a long time but what he did to john salter on friday night just it was vintage gagard absolute vintage gagard musasi it looked a little dicey at first well let's start from the beginning here i have not seen gagard have forward pressure like that on somebody since i think uh the chris weidman fight when he had that weird downward knee stoppage but Late in that fight, Gagard really started pressing in on, on Weidman because he really wasn't worried about the takedown as much. And once he did, he kind of really, um, you know, really walked him down. And from the get-go, Gagard here just walked Salter back to the cage. And Salter ended up having a nice shot um, or landed a couple good shots and then got the early takedown. But he couldn't do anything with it. It was, it was all control. And Salter was the one doing all the work, exerting all the energy. And not Gagard. Gagard was biding his time. And, he, you know, he wasn't accepting the position that he, how he usually does. Usually, Musasi loses these decisions because, you know, he just kind of accepts the position. And then, you know, there goes 25 minutes, there goes 15 minutes, and, you know, he's on the wrong end of a decision that, you know, if he just would have exerted a little bit more energy to get up and didn't, you know, accept the position as much, probably could have gotten up and done some more damage. Um, but he did not respect Salter's stand-up at all. Not at all. Um, again, when he did, when he was standing, when they were at distance, he was just forward pressure and peppering Salter. And, you know, Salter didn't really have a plan B, you know, when he couldn't get the takedown and when he was exerting all the energy against the cage, you know, he didn't have a plan B to where Gagard is the one, you know, using energy and not him. Um, he had one type of takedown. And when he couldn't get it, he just pressed up against the fence and was just trying to strength pull uh, Gagard down, which 
ultimately didn't work and was used ultimately against John Salter as well. And then, Jude, just a vicious ground and pound in that third round was just, oh, devastating. I mean, again, vintage Gagard holding him by the throat and then hitting him with his right hand over and over and over and over again. I uh, I was at work, and I, uh, I uh, pulled the fight up, and I was in the back. I was supposed to be closing the restaurant, but uh, I was in the back, and I couldn't help it. But I, I was I started shadow boxing, and I, I was watching it in, in, uh, in the back. I was... I uh, did some bullshit, and I was saying I had to take a shit in the back, but I was really watching Gagard just fucking beat the shit out of John Salter, and uh, I was fucking shadow boxing in the bathroom. I walked out of there fucking pumped. I was fucking so stoked, and I just, I, I hope, you know, Gagard is at this point in his career where I kind of just figured, he, you know, he's just gonna, you know, you know, as long as he can be champ, he'll probably, you know, stick around. And then, I, you know, I kind of figured, you know, once he loses to somebody bad, probably walk away. I mean, he's 37, been doing this since he was like 18 or 19 and has a wealth. I mean, he, and probably been doing combat sports since he was a kid. So, I mean, we're talking about almost 40 years of just combat sports and being an athlete. And, you know, at a certain point, you know, you just kind of get over it. But when the paychecks are what they're like, especially for his stature, you know, keep making that money while you can especially if you can do it at a championship level but i just figured as soon as he would start getting kind of dominated or you know guys would have uh have an edge over him he would just kind of float away um right off into the sunset but dude after this performance man i I hope to see more of this from gagard um and he's gonna need he's gonna need this kind of um this kind of headspace fighting i mean it's looking like he's gonna fight austin vanderford next and austin is you know he's he's a well-rounded mma fighter you know he's not really great in any one area but super well-rounded so you know but the thing that he does have coming into this is, is he's young and he's hungry he wants to get paid he wants the recognition and he wants to make his own legacy and that's kind of dangerous for a guy you know fighting a fighting um or that is dangerous for a guard um, just because, again, like he can be kind of complacent. He can be such a vet sometimes that, he again, he lets fights slip away just because he gets too comfortable in there. And that's not the kind of headspace you want fighting a guy like Austin. Um, Austin's going to go in there and make it ugly. But if Gagard can go in there and, you know, again, walk Austin down, put the forward pressure on him, make Austin use his energy, make him make mistakes, that's where Gagard, that's where Gagard can be really dangerous for Austin. Austin's only 11-0, and Gagard has, I mean, he's got, like, I want to say he's got a whole, like, um, let's see how many kickboxing fights he has. Let me see. Let's see, real sec. Because I want to say he has a lot. Let's see. Because I know he has over 50 MMA fights, right? Yeah, he's, in MMA, he's pretty much got almost 60 fights. I'm sorry, he has over 60 fights. No, 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 just about 60 fights, which is insane. Um, but let's see his kickboxing record. Okay, yeah, so I was fucked up. Um, and kickboxing has one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. He has five fights, but all at, all at a pretty high level. Um, you know, they were a number of years ago, but still, I mean, this guy has a wealth of combat sports experience um, in, in all the facets, uh, even grappling. Um, I mean, I remember back in the day, he did an exhibition grappling match with Fedor. And I'm still, I still, if you go back and watch it, you can probably find it on YouTube. But Gagard, I think, gets him in an omoplata 
and it looks like Fedor taps, so he lets it go, and then he ultimately gets tapped with an armbar. But I still think, and this was back before Fedor lost to uh, Fabricio, so this was still at the height of Fedor's invincibility. But if you go back and watch it, let me know what you guys think. But it, it looks like um, Gagard actually catches Fedor. But neither here or there. That was like over 10 years ago. But um, that fight with Gagard really fucking excited me. And I'm excited to see what happens next with him, uh, with Austin Vanderford, and to see where he goes, um, you know, in the rest of the division. One more thing I want to check out while we talk about this, and I probably should have brought this up anyways. Let's look at the middleweight rankings to see who else is kind of, you know, looming for Gagard if he continues to be the champ there. Let's see. Yeah, Austin, Costello, Van Steen, you know, there's Fabian. You know, there's not too much out there. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll see what happens. Maybe he goes up to 205, especially with the resurgence of Bellator's 205-pound weight class. You know, he called out, um, you know, he called out UL, but UL looks like he's not going to be cutting down to 185s. But Gagard and uh, UL at 205, it's got fireworks written all over it. Um, yeah, I would love to see that fight. Um, but moving on, we had uh, Andre Koreshkov take on Sabah Homasi, which, you know, I thought uh, Sabah can, you know, make this really ugly for Andre, but Andre just came out like, again, you know, both Andre and, and Gagard really had vintage performances. Andre's been on a kind of resurgence tour here after kind of getting, you know, flatlined um, and, uh, you know, shoved down the line by, by Douglas and uh, who else did he? I feel like he just lost it. Oh, by and by Lorenz Larkin. Um, but again, looked great here. I think he got two thirty twenty six card. Yeah, he got th- two thirty twenty six card and a thirty twenty seven. Um, so Andre puts himself right back up there at welterweight. Um, you know, especially with a new champ. You know, his style with it with the takedown defense, it's going to be hard against um, uh, Yamasa. So you know, we'll see what happens. He still has a lot of ground to catch up to to get that title fight. But man, he's looming. He might be the, you know, he was the dark horse for a minute. And he might be the dark horse again now. Um, but moving on to uh, my fight. This was the fight I was looking um, most to. And it just goes to show you how fucking good 135 is. Um, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm always going to pound this. Uh, I'm always going to, I'm always going to praise 135. Anytime I have a chance to praise 135, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to repeat myself all the time. I don't care. You guys deal with it. But Rafian Sats defeats Magomed Magomedov by uh, 30-27 and then 229-28. And my God, uh, Rafian Sats, you know, I didn't know which way this was going to go. I thought Magomed, I thought his pressure, um, I thought his pressure might end up, um, you know, getting too much for Sats. I thought Sats might do good early and then Magomed would come on late, which is kind of what happened a little bit into that third round, but the Sots, man, he to me, he won that 30-27 across the board. Um, I didn't think Magomed did anything. Uh, you know, he got the you know he got the back late in the in the third round. But besides that, I mean, and even before that, it was still Sots the whole time. You know, he's kind of a sorry about that, guys. He's uh, a bigger 135er, lean, rangy, and you know, really kept Magomed at bay. Magomed couldn't get any strikes off. Um, Sots picked his strikes very well too. Kept everything long, even with his kicks. Kept him low and then kept him high. Didn't throw anything to the body where he could get caught. And his takedown defense is absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, guys. One second. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, just the athletic ability and the and the flexibility to get out of those takedowns. 
And then the athletic ability to reverse position from full guard. I mean, he fully swept Magomed when he got that takedown early in the first round and ended up uh, getting half guard on Magomed. And then I believe it was the first. It was either the first or second round. No, no, it was the third round. Oh, I can't remember. can't remember now because uh, this was back on Friday. But ends up getting his back. You know, if he had a little bit more experience with the rear naked choke, I think he would have um, tightened up his palm-to-palm grip. I think Big John was saying something about it on the uh, on the uh, broadcast, but you know, just just a couple different, um, just you know, just a few more sessions on the mat, tightening up his grip, understanding you know when to transition from um, you know behind the head or you know it, it's hard with those MMA gloves to get the the hand behind the head, and so when you can't, you kind of fall on top, and then and so that's why they go to the gable grip, the the palm to palm method, uh, and you kind of gotta bury your hands underneath the mat so he can't break the grip and I think he was kind of leaving it a little bit too loose like he had the neck clasp but couldn't get the palm the palm but you know he still you know even though he's got a wealth of experience and been doing all the right things you know it's still like it takes a really long time to get those minute you know details down so stuff he can work on but you know both guys are really really high level Magomed Magomedov's not going anywhere he's still gonna defeat half of the people uh, on the rest of that division, and you know, this really puts Sots up there. Um, and let's see where he ranks now, because I think Sots might be right there for a uh, a title fight. So he'll probably switch places with Magomed. He will be number three. Magomed will lean down to four. Um, you got Patchy Mix and Juan Archuleta above him. Juan just lost the belt. Juan has a win over Patchy. So you're probably either going to see Sots versus Sergio next and then either a rematch with Patchy and Juan or uh, Patchy and Magomedov. Um, and again, across the board, like Bantamweight and uh, it, Bellator is on fire just like it is in uh, UFC. It's not as on fire as uh, UFC, obviously, but just because, though, you know, the, the depth in the UFC right now, I mean, they got what? How many former champions in the UFC? They got... Dillashaw, former champ. Cody Garbrandt, former champ, even though he's going down to 125. Dominic Cruz, former champ. Um, you know, there's there's some uh, there's some actual depth and and um, guys who have been there a little bit longer than Bellator has, but Bellator is is you know right behind them in that regard. Um, but great fight, um, great card actually. Like all the fights, um, you know, it was kind of running under the radar for me, but. Um, ended up being super, super, super fun. Um, and I'm happy to see Bellator really kind of gaining traction and really gaining momentum now with these events. Um, and I hope they kind of carry that into this weekend's card because this weekend's card is a little bit light. Um, so let's just kind of go right into this weekend's cards. Um, we have, I think this is on Friday, so let's just start with this one. Yeah, this one's on Friday. So you got um, Czech Congo taken on Sergey Karatanov, uh, which uh, Karatanov has seen, uh, just like Gagard, everything that combat sports has to offer. This dude has fought everywhere. This dude has been everywhere. This dude has been in every kind of fight. And, um, you know, so both these guys, I think, are over 40. Both have seen it all. I mean, both have, yeah, over 40 fights. Um and, you know, um, Bellator's heavyweight division is, is super light right now. They kind of had that resurgence when they did that heavyweight Grand Prix, even though it was full of, you know, old guys. And, you know, the, the young buck ended up winning it in Ryan Bader, who's not that young, but, 
you know, still was younger than the rest of them in that in that tournament. Um, but let's see. So, um, you know, th- really, this is going to be to me. This is going to be Czech Congo trying to force a takedown and Sergey just trying to keep him at bay and knock him out. And Congo doesn't have the best chin. So if Sergey can connect, it's going to be a short night. But if Congo can get on top and rain down some some good ground and pound, it could be a quick night too. Or these guys could be so tentative where Czech doesn't want to get hit that he stays on the outside and waits for Sergey to overcommit. And then Sergey's so afraid of the takedown, he doesn't uh, engage either. And then these guys just look at each other for three rounds. Uh, it could go either way. It could really go either way. Um, but yeah, neither here or there. And probably the winner of that, because I... You know, with Ryan being in this tournament, you're probably going to see, um, fuck, what's his name again? What's the heavyweight's name again? Ah, fuck, dude. God damn it. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's right. Valentin Moldovsky. Um, you'll probably see Moldovsky um, probably defend against either who wins this weekend, especially if it's Congo. If it's Congo, it's definitely going to be Congo. Um, if it's Sergey, maybe not. And they do Linton Vassal. I don't know. But we'll see where, you know, Tyrell's coming up too. But I think he needs a, a few more fights before they put him in a title fight. Um, but, yeah, so that should be a fun – hopefully it's a fun one. Hopefully they don't just stare at each other. But the next fight, guys, is th- – this is the fight you guys should be turning in for. Um, Adam Borks has taken on J.J. Wilson. And now, um, you know, Adam Borks has crazy amount of experience. He's 17-1, and one, fought in really good guys in the division. Darian Caldwell, even though he came up short. Um, Aaron Pico, even though he was a little bit young in the tooth when he fought him. Um, Adam Borks has a lot, a lot of great, great fights um, already in Bellator. Um, yeah, he's got a win over uh, Pat Curran, too, who's a former, like, I want to say, like, two or three-time Bellator featherweight champ. So, um He's been looking really good. I love Adam Bork. Super explosive on the feet. Definitely has a weakness when it comes to the takedowns. Um, but, you know, he's getting better. He's still super young. And he doesn't accept position. Does he get outmaneuvered? Is there a little bit of a, a technique deficit? Yes. But that dude stays working in the gym and does not accept position. Where J.J. Wilson, on the other hand, is 8-0. Super explosive on the feet. Great jujitsu, having that black belt, but really doesn't, still doesn't have the wrestling to. This is where you know when you're when you're fighting at a lower level and you're fighting guys who don't have the wrestling defense, it's a lot easier for jujitsu guys to get trips and to you know to create scrambles to get to the ground. But when you fight guys who have better takedown defense, even though it's not probably world class, um, it could be it can turn into a long night. But the thing with J.J. Wilson is, is he's super explosive on the feet too. Um, throws spinning back fists, has power, has really good kicks. But a guy like Adam Borks, you don't want to... He's very technical and very tight and explosive in his own right. So you don't want to be getting super crazy with a guy like Adam. And I, I, I don't see how J.J. gets to, to the ground. So I think it's it, I think it could be a long night for J.J., He's got uh, a lot of good win. Like how many? I think he's on a on a, a submission streak here. Um, well, no, he just knocked out Pedro. That's right. Um, he clipped Pedro with that spinning back fist, and then hit him with a teep kick, and then Pedro just collapsed, and he got the TKO. Oh, he's coming off of two knockouts. That's right. Um, so I just I I hope he doesn't fall in love with his hands too much because Adam Borks will make you pay. Um, 
I know he's gotten a little bit of confidence in these last two fights, but still, um, Borks is not not the guy, not the guy you want to fuck around with. Uh, JJ needs to strike just enough to get a clinch and to see if he can get a takedown without wearing himself out and without exposing of himself, because um, he definitely needs to get this fight down to the ground to win. But that's going to be a key fight at 145 pounds. Is this going to be, you know, it, it's a it's it's a battle of young bucks. Um, again, Borks has kind of seen the upper, upper echelon of the division, came up short just once. But if uh, if either guy can get a win here tonight, it's gonna or on on uh, Friday night, it's definitely gonna elevate them back up into that super stacked 145 pound division um, with the new king um, AJ McKee um, in the co no that's UFC hold on uh, there's another good fight on there oh yeah Logan Storley returns um, against Dante Chirillo. And, you know, I hope Logan Storley can get the win here because he had that really, really, really um, tight, tight fight with Amasov um, when a lot of people thought he won. And so if anyone's going to be fighting for that welterweight belt, it could be Am- uh, it could be Logan Storley. He's not that far off. Um, let's see where he ranks uh, in the welterweight division in Bellator. Uh, they got him at number five, but just above him is Neiman Gracie. Uh, you got Jason Jackson, Michael Pace. That's right. Jason Jackson is probably right there. Um, still though, even though you got Neiman, Jason, you got Michael Page and Douglas Lima, all of head of Logan Storley. I still believe he's stat. He's the worst matchup for Amasov. And if you go back and watch their fight, you will see why. Um, Lima obviously got, um, got destroyed. I mean, he wasn't in that fight at all. Uh, probably was a bad fight to take coming off of, you know, that like bulking up to 185 and then having to shoot all the way back down to 170. But we'll see where Lima looks, um, how Lima looks against Michael Page in that rematch. I still expect Lima to win. Jason Jackson, you know, looked great against Neiman. Uh, that was a very, very close fight. A lot of people thought Neiman won. Um, and then there, you know, and then it, and then it leaves uh, Logan. So Logan could jump the line with a win here. Um, just because the rest of the division kind of has things to work out. Um, you know, if, if Amasov wants to take a fight right away, it would probably be Jason. Um, but if not, you could see Storley in there, uh, if they give Jason another fight before fighting Amasov. Um, so keep an eye on that one too. Uh, but then UFC, we also got a decent card, not too much going on. The main event is really interesting. You got Jared Cannonier taking on Kelvin Gastelum. And to me, this is do or die for Kelvin Gastelum at 185 pounds. If he loses here, he's got a lot to figure out. Um, Jared Cannonier, this is his rebound fight from losing to Robert Whitaker. I want to say that fight was what? Um, when was that fight? Yeah, that fight was last year in October of last year. That was on the co-main of uh, that was the co-main of Khabib and Gaethje, um, and Robert just um, man, they gave it twenty nine twenty. Oh, I guess because uh, I forgot. That's right, because it says twenty nine twenty eight. But I remember, you know, um, Whitaker kind of running away with that fight. But I forgot that uh, Cannonier caught him with that jab and kind of turned it on in the last minute of that fight. So I guess the judges went that way with it uh, in that last round but um again kind of do or die for kelvin i think this is a great stylistic matchup for fans um not so much for each other i think both guys pose a lot of fucking problems for each other 
Um, Kelvin with the pace and the wrestling and the combinations and kind of the way he can move in and out. And then Cannoneer is a big, strong. This guy used to fight at heavyweight, guys. This guy used to fight. This guy used to be like 250 pounds, and now he's fighting all the way down at 185. Um, so he's big, he's strong, he has decent takedown defense, he doesn't give up position, he has folded, like he has been, um, well, 185 he hasn't, that's right, at 205, you know, he's kind of been controlled and submitted, but nobody at 185 has been able to get him down and keep him down, so, you know, and, and Kelvin really should be fighting at 170, which we'll kind of talk about here in a second, um, so I'm not sure if Kelvin has the, the strength and the power to kind of dictate you know, controlling Jared. So I'm really interested in this. What also makes it interesting is, is that it's five rounds and um, we'll kind of see who that, that, that will favor uh, in those later rounds if it gets there. Um, you know, I'm just really, on the feet, it's so interesting. And if, if Kelvin can't threat with a, if Kelvin can't threaten the takedown and Cannoneer really starts getting confident and being able to let his strikes go, I think it might be a long night for Kelvin. And if it is a long night for Kelvin, you know, what does that make him at 185? That makes him, let's see here, since moving up to 185, all started with Tim Kennedy back in 2016. So for the last five years, he's been at at uh, 185 since getting forced out of 170. And so he has, um, you know what, fuck that. I, you know, he's got that win over Vitor that got, um, that got overturned because of fucking weed, but I'm counting that shit. Fuck you. Fuck your commission. Fuck all that bullshit. It's goddamn weed. Um, so he's got one, two, three, four, five. So he's got five wins and one. God, I hate the way MMA Junkie does this layout. He's got one, two, three, four. Wait, one, two, three, four. Five. So he's five and five at middleweight. And, you know, he does really well against um he has spits of greatness and then just in other fights, just like like in the Jack Hermanson fight, it's like, what are you doing? Um caught completely shut out by Whitaker, but that was on short notice. I always thought that was an interesting, fun matchup. And I thought that would be a lot closer stylistically, but I don't know if it had to do with the short notice, but uh Whitaker just that was pillar to post. Um, Gaslam was never in that fight. Um, but you know what? Uh, call me if I'm crazy, guys. We'll get back to the fight card in a minute. But call me if I'm crazy. If Gaslam could figure his shit out, go back down to 170, really get his weight under control, rack up a, a few good wins, don't you guys feel like Gaslam would be kind of a crazy matchup for Usman? I mean, he has the wrestling, he has power, he has the fluidity, he has the in-and-out movement. Um, I'm not saying he would beat Usman, but I, I just feel like that, that that's the fight, man. I feel like that would be a crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Um, again, I don't know if he would win, but just stylistically, like, ooh, man, I get excited when I think about that. Um, you know, and I mean, um, Gasolum, you know, he's taken shots from big guys at 185, and, you know, we all know Usman has power, but... You know, I think I think Aslan would be able to take the power and give a couple of his own, and even mix in a couple takedowns of his own and make it ugly. Um, so I just I, I'm really curious. I'd be really curious to see how that fight goes. 
So if Gaslam can't get a win here, I say he moves back down to 170. And especially with Usman already beaten, you know, like he's he's in rematch mode right now. Um, the only person he hasn't beaten is Luke, and Luke's still kind of technically his teammate. So and besides that, it's all oh yeah, it's 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 all rematches. So I uh, I think that would be a fun, interesting matchup. Um, and again, uh, Gaslam now has had all of this wealth of championship experience fighting at 185 pounds. And this guy's fought five rounds I don't know how many times. I mean, he's in five-round fight after five-round fight. So I definitely think uh, Gaslam at, at uh, once back down at 170, figuring his shit out, is definitely going to be the move. If he gets the win here, you know, I still think he should move down. But trying to convince him of that is probably going to be hard. Um, you know, not too much I want to get into in the rest of this card, guys. You got Clay Guida taking on the young up and covered Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen's just slightly favored. Olympic gold medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling. So Clay Guida's probably going to just try and push the pace. He's going to have to avoid getting taken down and probably, and, you know, really just mix it up with it, with his boxing and his kicks. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the upset with Guida. Um. Guida's got a tough matchup when you only got 10 fights, but if Madsen's Greco-Roman is really that good and he can get the clinch and he can really overpower Guida, then, you know, to each their own. Uh, you got a heavyweight fight in Parker Porter and Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman, you know, returning from after fighting Bare Knuckle. That should be a fun heavyweight scrap. Austin Hubbard's in there with Vic Pitchell. It should be an all right fight. You got this resurgence of all these 125-pounders since the resurgence of the division. Um, so you got Pantoja returning against Brandon Royvel, which could be the next. Whoever wins that could fight for the belt, since Pantoja does have. Uh, he's the last person to beat Moreno, and Brandon Royvel and Moreno had a crazy one-round fight where Royvel ended up hurting his shoulder, and then they ended up giving the TKO to Moreno. So that should be a fun one. Um, you got Brian Kelleher on the prelims. Give that boy some love. I love Brian Kelleher. That guy is always fighting. Um, but that kind of does it with that. And is there anything else? I think that's kind of all I wanted to get into for today. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for today. Light news, light episode, but we will be back next week, uh, to bring you guys more content. So stay posted and stay golden.